0: ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سو We've been going over some of the supplications that you can read in the morning and the evening. Then we went over some of the supplications that are read just in the morning. And today we move on to some of the supplications that are read just in the evening or in particular at the time of sleep. al مِنَ al-mubarakah. So from the blessed du'as that the Prophet sallallahu used to preserve God over and regularly read when he used to go to his bed for sleep. That which has been mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Aisha radiyaAllahu anhu. She said, Anna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that when he used to go <coughs> to his bed, Kulla lay every night. Jama kafayhi. He would put his hands together. Thumma nafath fihima. Then he would spittle into them. Faqara'a. And he would read. Kul hua Allahu ahad. Kul a'u'u'u bi rabbil falak. Kul a'u'u'u bi rabbil nas. ثُمَّ يَمْسَحُ بِهِمَا مَسْتَطَاعَ مِنْ جَسَدِهِ After reading those three full surahs, the full surahs, then after that he would wipe his hands across as much of his body as he could, beginning with his head and his face, and then from the rest of his body. يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتِ And he would do that three times. <coughs> so in this narration then, narration of Aisha رضي الله she tells us that the Prophet صلى الله عليه when he would go to bed, when he would go to sleep, then every night he would put his hands together, Spittle into them and recite Surah Al-Ikhlas, also Surah Al-Falaq, Rabb and Surah Al-Nas, Rabb nas And then after that, he would wipe with his hands on his head and his face and all over the front of his body wherever he could do with his hands three times. He would do that three times. فَهَذَا تَعَوُّذٌ عَظيمٌ This is a tremendous form of seeking refuge and protection in Allah. وَحِرْزٌ لِلْإِنسَانِ A security and protection for the person. وَحَافِظٌ لَهُ بِإِذْنِ الله and it is a protection for him by the permission of Allah to read those duas and to do that before going to sleep مِنْ أَنْ يَمَسَّهُ فِي مَنَامِهِ makruh doing that is a great protection by the permission of Allah for that person to prevent any harm occurring to him whilst he sleeps. أو يناله شر أو أدع, Or that any other evil or harm comes to him whilst he's asleep. أو يصيبه شيء من الهوام المؤذية أو الحشرات القاتلة, Or that any insects particularly poisonous insects or anything bite him overnight protects you from that by the permission of Allah لَا سِيَّمَا وَالْإِنسَانُ عِنْدَ نَوْمِهِ غَافِلًا عَنْ كُلِّ مَا يَجِئُ إِلَيْهِ especially because when a person is asleep you have no idea what is going on some poisonous insect could come and bite you, some spider bite you, something else وَعَنْ جَمِيعِ مَا يَحْدُثُ لَهُ And you have no idea what is happening to you, what is going on, insects, whatever. You have no idea when you're asleep. فَإِذَا اشْتَغَلَ عِنْدَمَا يَأْوِي إِلَى فِرَاشِهِ بِهَذَا الْوِرْدِ الْعَظِيمِ وَالْحِرْزِ الْمَتِينِ حُفِظَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَكُفِيَ وَهُقِيَعُ so when you're asleep, you have no idea what is going on. You have no means of protection upon yourself. You're asleep, you're unconscious. So this dua is your means of protection whilst you sleep. This dua is a protection for you by the permission of Allah from the harms that may occur during your sleep. وَلَمْ يَزَلْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَافِظٌ ila أَنْ يُصْبِحُ and there will be a protector for that person up until he awakens from Allah. There will be protection for that person from Allah <coughs> up until he awakens. يُؤَكِّدُ أَهْمِيَّةَ مُحَافَظَةِ الْمُسْلِمِ عَلَى هَذَا كُلَّ لَيْلَةِ عِنْدَمَا يَأْوِي إِلَى This therefore indicates the great importance that a servant guards over this remembrance and this supplication when going to sleep هَذَا الْحِفْظِ so that the person gains this protection وَلِتَتَحَقَّقْ لَهُ تِلْكَ الْعِنَايَةِ وَالْرِعَايَةِ and so that you achieve this protection and this guardianship as you sleep. وَقَدْ كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ, الله يُحَافِظُ عَلَى هَذَا الْوِرْدِ And the Prophet ﷺ used to make sure he did this dua, he used to make sure of it in a very great degree of importance. He gave it a lot of importance to make sure that he would read this every night. وَلَا يَتْرُكْ أَوْلَهُ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَهُ And he would never abandon saying this every night. وَمِمَّا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ عِظَمِ عِنَايَةِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِهِ مَا ثَبَتَ فِي بَعْضِ طُرُقِ الْحَدِيثِ and one of the narrations that highlights the great importance of this dua and reading these surahs and blowing over yourself at night is the narration from Aisha She said that when the Prophet وسلم, was in that pain, then he used to tell Aisha Anha to do that upon him. وَثَبَتَ فِي الصَّحِيْحِ عَنْهَا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانَ يَنْفُثُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ فِي مَرَضِهِ أَلَّذِي قُبِضَ فِيهِ Aisha radiallahu anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi used to do that blowing into the palms upon himself even in his final illness before death. فَلَمَّا ثَقُلَ كُنْتُ أَنَا أَنْفُضُ عَلَيْهِ بِهِنّا فَأَمْسَحُ بِيَدِ نَفْسِهِ لِبَارَكَتِهَ But when the illness became severe Aisha says that she used to do that blowing uh, and those recitations upon him but that she would use the Prophet's hand to wipe over himself for the barakah of the hand of the Prophet ﷺ, that she would use his hand to wipe upon him. فَكَانَ صَلَّى اللَّهِ Wasallam يُحَافِظُ عَلَى هَذَا التَّعَوَّذُ مَعَ so even with the severity of his illness at the end, he would still do this. And even tell Aisha to read upon him those supplications before going to sleep. Why? Na'am. Uh, so even when he was in his final illness and in that pain and he couldn't really have that movement in his hand, he used to tell Aisha to do it and for Aisha to aid him in doing that because of the pain that he could not do it himself. So she would take his hand and wipe his hand upon his body because he could not move physically himself with the pain. She would take his hand and do the wiping upon his body. وَقَوْلُ Aisha رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا فِي الحديث كَانَ إِذَا آوَى إِلَى فِرَاشِهِ اَيْ إِذَا رَجَعَ إِلَيْهِ وَضَمَّهُ فِرَاشُهُ وَدَخَلَ فِهِ وَمِنْهُ الْمَأْوَى وَهُوَ الْمَكَانِ الَّذِي يَأْوِ إِلَيْهِ الْإِنسَانِ So this narration says when the Prophet ﷺ used to go to bed meaning when he would go to that bed and enter into the bed you enter into your bed now, you're upon your bed, about to sleep now. Then at that moment is when you read this dua. Not before when you're about to go to your bed. When you get to your bed, you're on your bed, this is the final dua. From the supplications of the night that you read at that moment. Kull laylatin, in the narration it says, every night. Prophet used to recite this every night. And it mentions that he used to join his two hands together. That he would join his hands together, cup them together, opened, not closed, opened together, uh, in order that he could then do the spittling into those hands. Then he would spittle into those hands or... Like we say spittle, not spitting, spittle. It's more of a wind that you blow into the hand. Spitting is obviously a large amount of saliva comes out. Spittling, when we say that, then the point that we want to make is really, it's almost blowing. (sighs) But there is a tiny bit of saliva that comes with it too. If it was just blowing, that's just blowing. But it's blowing with a bit of tiny spittle coming out with it. So that's what he used to do. (coughs) Then he would wipe (coughs) over his body with his hands, beginning with his face, and then after the face and the head, going across the rest of the body. Uh, wiping over the body after doing the supplication is only with this supplication. You can't say some other du'a of the morning du'as of this du'a, of that du'a, after doing it, let's wipe on the body too. That is only mentioned in this du'a before going to bed about wiping over the body. So that's not a general action you can say, let's do that every time we make any du'a. Wipe over the body morning, uh, evening, any of the other supplications, let's wipe afterwards. No, that wiping is only mentioned in this particular supplication. شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله تعالى ذكر، وأما مسحه وجهه بيديه فليس عنه فيه إلا حديث أو حديثان لا تقوم بهما حجج. As for wiping over the face, making du'a generally and then wiping over the face as people do, that. Shaykh al-Islam says there's only a few narrations and they cannot be used as an evidence. That is a topic of discussion amongst the scholars. Some scholars say there are enough narrations about wiping over the face after the dua for it to be a valid action. Others they say no, there are not enough narrations to make it a valid action because all of the narrations are weak. They are all weak narrations. So some scholars say it's not permissible, it's not a sunnah to wipe over the face after you make du'a. Others they say yes all of the narrations are weak but there's enough of them to put them together to get to a level of acceptability. Sometimes that can be possible. You have several hadith, all of them are weak. But it's only a very minor weakness. Because when you talk about hadith being weak, it's different levels. Some hadith could be very weak. Other hadith are just very minor level of weakness in them. They are just off the level of being acceptable. They are just short on the level of being acceptable. So now imagine you have 10 hadith, for example. All of them just short of the level of acceptability. So each narration in of itself is da'if, it's weak. It's just fallen short of the level where you could say it's acceptable, you can use it. But now you've got ten of them. Ten of them, all of them just tipping off the level of acceptability. When you have ten of them together, sometimes those narrations put together can bring themselves to a level where they just cross the line of acceptability. That's basically, in a nutshell, in a very brief way, the scenario here. You have several narrations that are just short of acceptability and wiping the face. Some scholars say no, even with those several put together, they don't pull themselves up just above acceptability. They still stay short. So they say no, it's a bid'ah, you can't do the wiping. Others they say, well, it maybe, maybe, just squeezes into acceptability, all the narrations together, even though independently every narration is weak and short. But putting it together, maybe that can bring enough strength to this narration to make it acceptable, some say yes. But here Shaykh al Islam says no, there is only <coughs> a couple of hadith and they are not established. Then in this narration it says, <laughs> That the Prophet ﷺ when he would then wipe, he would begin with the top of his body, the head and the face, and then the front of his body, the rest of it. فَيَمْسَحُ نَعْمِ فِيهِ بَيَانٌ أَنَّ السُنَّةِ أَنْ يَبْدَأَ الْمُسْلِمُ بَدَنِهِ So the sunnah is that a person begins with the tops of his body. فَيَمْسَحْ على رأسه ووجهه وما أقبل من جسده ثم ينتهي إلى ما أدبر منه So he begins with the top of his body, the head and the face and then the front of his body and then he ends up from where he began coming back again. والسنة أن يفعل ذلك المسلم ثلاث مرات تأسيا بالرسول الكريم صلى الله عليه وسلم the sunnah is that a person should do that three times over, just as the Prophet did. And then the Sheikh goes on to explain. The importance of the three chapters that are picked for reading here: Those three chapters they are inclusive of a great deal of meanings in seeking refuge in Allah. "Qul Allahu that talks about the oneness of Allah. The Tawheed of Allah, it is purely on the subject of the oneness and the Tawheed of Allah. (coughs) Then, (coughs) قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ And, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْنَّاسِ Both of those, Allah has informed us about seeking protection in Him from the harms. From the harms of the Shayateen, from the harms of magic and magicians, from the harms of the enviers, from the harms of the whisperers, from the people and the Shayateen. Allah has given us information and commanded us to seek refuge from the harms of all of those things. And that's why these three chapters are the appropriate chapters for a person to recite uh, before going to sleep. <laughs> لِيَنَالَ بِذَٰلِكَ حفظ اللَّهِ وَرِعَايَتَهُ وَكِفَايَتَهُ ولينام قَرِيرَ الْعَيْنِ وَبِاللَّهِ التَّوْفِيقِ Therefore it is important and deserving that a Muslim pays attention to this and makes sure that he recites those chapters at night and then <coughs> does the blowing and wiping upon his body. You see even when the Prophet ﷺ was in his final illness, with the pain of that final illness before death, and he couldn't really move himself even, that he was telling Aisha عنها, to do it upon him. Such is the importance of that. So that is from the, the uh, supplications and the remembrances to be read before sleep. And he mentioned there, you do it as you are upon your bed. When you get to your bed, you are there in the bed now, that is when you do this final recitation. Mm -hmm. If you come and do the Dua, and you get into bed, but then you have to go somewhere. If it's a long period, you have to go somewhere, and then you're gonna come back and go to sleep. Afterwards, you do it again. But if it is something minor, you just forgot something, you have to bring it, then you don't have to repeat it again. That's the same as they say about tahiyatul masjid. If you come and pray tahiyyatul masjid, and then they say briefly, briefly you have to just go somewhere quickly now and just come back, then it's not a necessity. They give the example of wudu. If somebody normally, uh, uh, the wudu areas are not inside of the mosques. Normally in the Arab countries, etc., how the mosques are built, you have the mosque and then outside there's a building for the wudu area normally. So imagine now somebody comes into the mosque and they break their wudu, they just have to pop out, make wudu and come back. So the scholars said that would not necessitate Tahiyyatul Masjid again. You're in the mosque, you're staying, your wudu broke, you're just going to go right there two meters away. Normally they have their wudu building, make your wudu straight back across into the mosque again. So, those types of small ones, if you just have to go somewhere, come straight back, gotta pick something up from the room, come back, you don't have to repeat it. But if you're gonna go, something's happened, an hour, two hours, then you're gonna come back to sleep, now you can do it again, you're sleeping now, not before. Then also, من أذكار النوم من أذكار النوم Inna minal a'thkaril a'zima, allati yustahabbu lil muslimi an yuhafihd alayha kulla laylatin, indama ya'wi ila firaashi, qira'ata. One of the other supplications that a Muslim needs to guard over and make sure he does every night when going to bed, when in bed and you're about to sleep, is to recite ayatul <coughs> kursi which is the greatest ayah of the Quran faqa jaa'a fis sunnah ma yadullu ala fadli thalika in the sunnah it mentions the great virtue of ayatul kursi wa anna man qara'aha إِذَا أَوَى إِلَى فِرَاشِهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَزَلْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَافِظٌ وَلَا يَقْرَبُهُ شَيْطَانٌ حَتَّى يُصْبِحٌ That a person who reads that when going to bed, then there will be a guardian upon him and no shaytan will come close to him until he wakes up. In the sunnah that is mentioned in the hadith of Abu Hurairah in Al-Bukhari Wa Abu Hurairah says وَكَّلَنِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ بِحِفْضِي زَكَاتِ رَمَضَانِ that the Prophet gave me the responsibility of looking after the zakat of Ramadan Fajah Faatani Atin. So Abu Hurairah says somebody came to me. Fajah alayhthumina and he began to uh, prod about in the food. Faqav so I took him, I grabbed him and I said Wallahi Laarfa'anaka ila rasulilla. That I'm gonna take you by Allah to the Messenger. Al that person said, Inni that I am in need and I have family in need. and I have a severe need for it. Fa Anhu. So Abu Huraira says, I left him. Fa Asbahtu, then in the morning when I arose. فَقَالَ لِنَبِسَ سَلَّمْ The Prophet ﷺ said to me, يَا أَبَا هُرَيْرَ مَا فَعَلَ أَسِيرُكَ الْبَارِحُ Abu Hurairah, what did your... Asir literally means hostage. It's referring to the one who came to Abu Huraira the night before. What did he do with you? So Abu Huraira says, I said to the messenger, That he was complaining about severe need and poverty in his family. So I had mercy upon him. So I let him go. Prophet said, Indeed, he lied to you and he will come back. فَعَرَفْتُ أَنَّهُ سيعود، لِقَوْلِ رَسُولُ صَيَسَلَّمِ إِنَّهُ سيعود So Abu Hurairah said, I knew for definite he was going to come back because the Prophet وسلم said, he is going to come back. فَرَصَدْتُهُ So I waited for him. فَجَاءَ يَحْثُو مِنَ الطَّعَامِ So he came again prodding about in the food. وَذَكَرَ الْحَدِيثِ and the same thing happened again. That same scenario, the same speech, I mean need and everything, all of it happened again. Then it happened a third time. Same scenario, same story, all again, him coming, poverty, I need it, etc. Third time it happened. The third time Abu Huraira said, إِلَىٰ <laughs> رَسُولِ وَهَذَا آخِرُ ثَلَاثِ مَرَّاتِ تَزْعُمُ أَنَّكَ لَا Abu Huraira said, I am going to definitely take you to the Prophet This is the last time I'm going to let you claim you're not going to come back. This is the last chance. Last chance I'm not going to let you do this again, claiming you're not going to come back and then you keep coming back. I'm going to take you to the Prophet Sallam." So then he said, دَعْنِي Leave me, leave me. Leave me. I will teach you some words. Allah will uh, benefit you with these words. Abu Huraira said, I said to him, what are they? He said, When you get to bed, when you get in bed, then read Ayatul Kursi. الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم حتى تختم الآية. until you finish the full آية. فإنك لن يزال عليك من الله حاكم. because then a guardian will remain with you from Allah. ولا يقربك شيطان حتى تصبح. and no shaytan will come near you until you arise and awaken. فَخَلَّيْتُ So Abu Huraira said, I, I left him then, I let him go. فَأَصْبَحْتُ And then in the morning, فَقَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ The Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Wasallam, said to me, مَا فَعَلَ أَصِيرُكَ الْبَارِحَةُ What did your hostage again, as we say, the one who you captured last night, what did he do last night then? فَقُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Abu Huraira said, I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, he claimed that he was going to teach me some words that Allah would benefit me with them. So, I let him go then. The Prophet ﷺ said, what are they? What did he teach you then? Abu Huraira said, he taught me, he said to me, إِذَا أَوَيْتَ When you go to bed... فَقْرَأْ آيَةَ الْكُرْسِي مِنْ أَوَّلِهَا حَتَّى تَخْتِمَ الْآيَةِ He told me to read Ayatul Kursi from the beginning until you get to the end of it. And he said to me, لَنْ يَزَالَ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَافِظُ وَلَا يَقْرَبُكَ شَيْطَانٌ حَتَّى تُصْبِحْ That there will be a guardian from Allah upon you and no shaytan will come to you until you wake up. وَكَانُوا عَلَى and they were, the Sahaba, most keen on getting all of the goodness. So Abu Huraira had accepted that speech from him and let him go. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, innahu qad The Prophet ﷺ said, He told you the truth, even though he is an excessive liar. تَعَلَمُ مَن تُخَاقِبُ مُنذُ ثَلَاثِ لَيَالٍ يَا the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Hurayra, do you know who you've been talking to the last three nights? Who that man has been coming in the food and giving you these stories and eventually teaching you this? Do you know who that was the last three nights? Abu Huraira said no. Then the Messenger told him, ذَاكَ شَيْطَان That was shaytan. That was Shaitan. So in this narration, a famous narration, many will have heard of it. Sadaqaka wa huwa He has told you the truth even though he is a big liar. This narration about Abu Huraira and the Shaitan, <coughs> Eventually teaching him then in order to let him go to be freed. Teaching him to say Ayatul Kursi every night. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi told Abu Huraira that is true. He's told you the truth even though he is an excessive liar. So we learn from this the great virtue of Ayatul Kursi and the great benefit and the virtue of it and the great impact. The great impact Ayatul Kursi has in terms of protecting you from the shaytan. وَأَنَّ مَنْ قَرَأَهَا عِنْدَ نَوْمِهِ حُفِيَضًا وَكُوفِيًّا وَلَمْ يَقْرَبْهُ شَيْطَانٌ حَتَّى يُصْبِحْ And that a person will read Ayatul Kursi, then that will suffice him, and he will be protected, and no shaytan will come close to him until he awakens. ذَلِكَ أَنَّ هَذِهِ الآية الكريمة فِيهَا مِنْ تَوْحِيدِ اللَّهِ وَتَمْجِيدِهِ وَتَعْظِيمِهِ وَبَيَانْ تَفَرُّدِهِ بِالْكَمَالِ وَالْجَلَالِ مَا يُحَقِّقُ لِمَنْ قَرَأَهَا الْحُفْضَ وَالْكِفَايَةِ Because in this surah, or in this ayah, ayatul kursi, there is a great deal within it of benefit. You have within it 25, or rather, asma مِنْ أَسْمَا إِلَّا الْحُسْنَ خَمْسَةَ Asma There are five names of Allah, and there are over 20 attributes of Allah in Ayatul Kursi. Five names of Allah are mentioned and more than 20 attributes of Allah are mentioned within it. وَقَدْ بُدِئَتْ بِذِكْرِ تَفَرُدِ اللَّهِ بِالْأُلُوْهِيَةِ And it begins by mentioning the oneness of Allah. Allahu la ilaha Huwa al al qayyum. Begins with the oneness of Allah. And the negation of all worship to others besides Allah. And it mentions in there that Allah is Al-Hayy Al-Qayyum. That He is the ever living, the, the, the self-sustaining and the sustainer of His creation. And at the end it mentions He is al Aliyu Al-Azim. That He is the most high, the most great. So in this ayah, there is a great deal mentioned within, within it about the names and the attributes of Allah, the greatness of Allah. And that is why it is uh, the most virtuous ayah. Also, there, is other, there are other narrations that highlight the virtue of this. One of them is the famous hadith, <coughs> uh, which highlights that it is the greatest ayah of the Qur'an. Hadith which is in Muslim, ...of Ubay ibn Ka'b. Hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'b. Where it is mentioned... ...that the Prophet ﷺ said to Ubay ibn Ka'b. Ya Abel Munzer... ...atadri ayya ayatin fi kitabin lahi a'azim. Do you know which ayah in the book of Allah is the greatest? Faqal Allahu wa Rasuluhu he said, Allah and His Messenger know best. And the Prophet ﷺ repeated the question again and again. Repeated the question upon him, which is the greatest ayah in the Qur'an? Until he said, it is Ayatul Kursi. Ya ayatul kursi, Allahu la ilaha illahu al hiyul qayyum. Fakal liyahnika al ilmu abal mundur. Then the Prophet Sallallahu said, May the knowledge be easy upon you and. um Not delightful, but words along those lines that may the knowledge be easy for you and a comfort for you and a delight for you. That the Prophet made this dua for Ubayy ibn Ka'b. May that knowledge be easy for you and a delight for you and not a burden upon you, easy for you to gain it. وَمِمَّا يُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمَنْ يُحَافِظَ عَلَيْهِ yau يَأْوِي إِلَى فِرَاشِهِ أَنْ surat al الْكَافِرُونَ وَيَجْعَلَهَا مَا يَقْرَأْ فَإِنَّهَا بَرَاءَةٌ مِّنَ الشِّرْكِ Also at the end, the last thing, it is mentioned, you should recite ayyuha al Kafirun Before going to sleep too. Because that is a declaration of your innocence of the religion of shirk and the mushrikun. Declaration of your innocence of the religion of shirk and the mushrikun and therefore affirmation of being upon Tawheed. And that is what you want to go to sleep upon, upon affirmation of being on Tawheed and uh, abandoning Shirk. So that is regarding two of the, or three you could say technically, of the supplications to recite before going to sleep. One is Reading the three chapters and those three chapters are Ulhu Allahu Ahad and Ul Ahudhubi Rabbil Falaq and Ul Ahudhubi Rabbin Nas and doing the spittling and the wiping on the body then three times and then also Ayatul Kursi and then also Ulyah Yuhal That that is what we have come across so far. Then, another one of the supplications before going to sleep is to recite the last two ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah. فَضْلُ قِرَاءَةِ الْآيَتَيْنِ الْأَخِيرَتَيْنِ مِنْ سُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ كُلَّ لَيْلَا لَقَدْ ثَبَتَ فِي السُنَّةِ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الترغيب فِي قِرَاءَةِ الْآيَتَيْنِ اللَّتَيْنِ خُتِمَتْ بِهِمَا سُورَةُ الْبَقَارَةِ كُلِّ So there are narrations that highlight the encouragement from the Prophet ﷺ to recite the last two ayahs of Surah baqarah before going to sleep. In the hadith which is in Al-Bukhariya Muslim, hadith of Abu Mas'ud. Abu Mas'ud. Radiallahu anhu, called, called a Nabiyo, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man qara'a bil ayataini min ahiri surah til bakarati fi layla kafata. In the hadith of Al Bukhari and Muslim, it says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whoever recites the last two ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah, then it will suffice him. That will be enough for you. The one who recites the last two ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah, then it will be enough for him. It will suffice him. What is mentioned in those two ayahs then? What is the importance and the virtue of those two ayahs? What is mentioned in those two ayahs? It says in the first one, آمن الرسول بما أنزل إليه من ربه والمؤمنون كل آمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسوله لَا نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِّنْ رُّسُولِهِ وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا رَبَّنَا وَإِلَيْكَ الْمَصِيرِ That the messenger believes in that which was revealed to him from his Lord. And the believers, all of them believe in Allah and his angels and his books and his messengers. And we do not differentiate between any of his messengers. And they say, we hear and obey, seek forgiveness from you, our Lord, and to you is the return. In that first ayah is an affirmation of the pillars of Iman. You have an affirmation of the pillars of Iman. The four of them or belief in Allah, (coughs) belief in the angels, belief in the books, belief in the messengers. And to you we will return, indicates belief in the Day of Judgment. And of course all of that is encompassed in the belief in Allah. And there are other ayat of course that talk about the decree as well. But here the main point is the overall pillars of Iman that are being mentioned in that ayah. دَلَّتِ الْأُولَى مِنْهُمَا عَلَىٰ إِيمَانِ الرَّسُولِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مَعَهُ بِاللَّهِ وَبِكُلِّ مَا أَمَرَهُمْ سُبْحَانَهُ بِالْإِيمَانِ بِهِ To have iman in the, it indicates the iman in Allah and in everything that Allah has commanded us to have iman in. Because, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ The messenger believes in what has been revealed to him from his Lord. What has been revealed to him from his Lord. So that is all of the revelation and all of the religion. Uh, As for the second ayah, the second ayah, it highlights that Allah, does not burden a person greater than what a person can bear. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا That a person will not burden a person greater than what he can bear. بَلْ كَلَّفَهُمْ بِمَا فِيهِ غِذَاءُ أَرْوَاحِهِمْ Rather Allah has... Place the burden of responsibility upon us in terms of what our souls need in terms of the nutrition for ourselves. وَدَوَاءُ abdanihim And the cure for our bodies. salahu قُلُوبِهِمْ And the rectification of our hearts. Wa nufusihim And the purification of our souls. That is the amount that Allah has burdened upon us that will give us those Fruits. also in the ayah there is an affirmation that every soul will get what it earned and if it is good or if it is bad, but then also it highlights la in do not hold us accountable if we make a mistake, if we forget or we make a mistake. So you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for pardon over things that may be out of forgetfulness or out of error and mistake. And this is a great du'a to be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of. And then at the end, رَبَّنَا وَلَا Tahmil عَلَيْنَا إِسْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مَنْ قَبْلِنَا رَبَّنَا لَا تُحَمِّلْنَا مَا لَا تَاقَةَ لَنَا بِهِ Do not burden us with what we do not have the ability to bear. وَاعْفُ عَنَّا Pardon us. وَغْفِرْ لَنَا Forgive us. wa وَرْحَمْنَا Have mercy upon us. أنت مولانا You are our protector. فَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ So give us victory over the disbelieving people. Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned about this. اِعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ أَعْطَى نَبِيَّهُ Muhammadan. سَلَّمْ وبارك خَوَاتِيمَ صورة البقرة من كنز تحت العرش ولم يؤت منه نبي قبله. That this is a treasure from under the throne, that the Prophet ﷺ has been given these last two ayat of al البقرة and their meanings in them. فمن تدبر هذه الآيات وفهم ما تضمنته من حقائق الدين وقواعد الإيمان الخمس والرد على كل مبطل. وَمَا تَضَمَّنَتُ مِنْ كَمَالِ نِعِمِ اللَّهِ تعالى عَلَى هَذَا أمته اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَإِيَّاهُمْ عَلَى مَنْ سِوَاهُمْ فاليهن فاليهنه الْعِلْمِ Ibn Taymiyyah says when you look at this, these last two ayat, what they contain from the realities of the religion and from the principles of iman, the five principles of iman in there, and a refutation upon all of those who are upon falsehood and the uh, uh, blessings Allah has given to his Ummah, to the Prophet and his Ummah, and the love of Allah for them, and how Allah has given us virtue and, and nobility over others, then you will see how that knowledge becomes easy upon you and a comfort for you. So these are also from the sections of the Qur'an that are to be recited before sleep. That is the one that we'll conclude upon for today. There are some more to come yet about the du'as of going to sleep. There are a few more yet that can be mentioned about the du'as of going to sleep. So we'll go through a few more of those. There's at least, there's four more mentioned. We'll go through maybe two or three of them. Maybe all of them, but we'll go through some of those again yet. And then after that, once we finish this section, the next section is going to be about the du'as as soon as you Wake up. Before we did the du'as of the morning, they were mostly after the fajr prayer. These are the ones now as soon as you wake up. So those are the sections we're going to move on to insha'Allah, from next week. Any questions on that so far tonight? The prostration of forgetfulness, is it before the final salam or after it? Depends. How does it depend? Where did you learn that from? And you remember where you learnt it from. In your head. Your head taught you. That's correct that some scholars have said that. Some scholars have mentioned that. They say if you added something <coughs> into the prayer. Then do your prostrations. After the final salam. If you missed something out and you forgot. Then do them before the final salam. But it's not something which is. Of validity issues if you did it afterwards or before whether it was addition or deficiency it would all be valid it would count as the prostrations of forgetfulness but because in the sunnah there are examples of when the prophet forgot things when he forgot things and he used to do the prostrations before the salam in those instances and when he added the prostrations were after the salam so based upon that shaykh and other scholars have said Forget something. If you forget, then do it before the final salam. If you add something, do it after the final salam. In the bed. All these were if you are in your bed now, not when you're just preparing. You're somewhere else yet. You're going to go up when you get there in bed, on your bed. Then you make these supplications, all these duas. Not even walk into the bed. Nothing. When you get there, either awa ila firashihi. When he would go into his bed, that's when you do all those. Mm. Go on. Mm. Stay down, same thing, no problem, doesn't change. No, it doesn't make a huge difference. I mean, what are we talking in the distance there? The point is supposed to be With your eyes, you're looking down at the place of prostration. Your place of prostration begins from your tips of your toes up until where your head is going to be. That's all your place of prostration. All of that is your place of prostration. From where your feet are up to where your head is going to land. That section there is your place of prostration. So you could be praying and you're looking close by in front of you. You could be looking a bit further ahead. You could be looking at where your head's going to land. All of that is place of prostration. you're looking down. In the ruku, when you go into the ruku, you're going to be looking at that same spot? You're still in the same spot? No, because the ruku, we know that your head is supposed to be level with your back. So if it's going to be level with your back, your eyesight isn't going to go forwards. it's going to go more down, even if it's at an angle slightly, no problem, but your head is going to be in line with your back. Holding their forehead and then doing some things? I've never seen it. Anybody else? Allah, I've never heard of anything like that. Hmm. Well, like we say, like we say with worship, it's tawqifi. Anybody wants to claim that is an act of worship, it's very simple. All they have to do is give us the evidence. Give us the hadith, give us the sunnah, where is it that you put your hand here and then read things. Like now we've been telling you everything, when you get into bed make these du'as. Why do you do them when you get into bed? Because all the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim are saying it. So now if they're going to say put your hand this and do that, everything, no problem. Give us the evidence then. They've got to provide evidence. If they have authentic evidence, we can go with it. If they don't, then that's it. You cannot accept that, huh? Huh? Ya What about it? What's that? And say ya qawiyu. Ya What does that mean? Ya like that? No, yeah. Anything else? Do it outside of the mosque. Now, even the money still. No, e- no, I understand. But even the money, the transfer of the money in the end, the actual transaction of the cash, it should be outside. And, you know Those things, there's no burden. All you've got to do is just walk out there and do it there. So there's no difficulty in those things. Keep the transactions outside of the mosque. All right, we'll have to round off that. Carry on next week, inshallah. ta'ala.